is a production of Delta College Public Radio. It seems like there are many summers, for me anyway, there's a record, or an album for those of you who grew up in the post-vinyl era, an album you discover maybe in the spring, an album you love and you can't get enough of, so you give it lots of spins, and it becomes a big part of the summer soundtrack. It may be a record that is getting a good enough share of public consumption to be considered a hit. I mean, a Beatles record defined a summer for an entire generation, or so it's been said. It may be something more personal. Maybe it isn't even a new release, just something new to you. For many of my summers, there has been a record like that present, and then, of course, permanently attaching itself to the memories of summers past, the people, places, and experiences. I think most of us can relate to something like that. Of course, early on, some of the more iconic bands provided the summertime songs. As a 10-year-old during the summer of 1979, I fondly recall, to my mother's dismay, indulging in the KISS Greatest Hits offering, Double Platinum. On a daily basis, of course, usually multiple times. The summer of 84, when I was 15, I listened to the Beatles' Blue Album pretty much exclusively. Between that and Tiger's baseball that summer, there wasn't much time for anything else. My younger sisters, who musically at the time consumed nothing but current Top 40, seemed determined to make sure I wouldn't forget how much the Beatles sucked. And as a Michigander, it seems like Live Bullet has been the soundtrack to a hundred summers up north at the lake. Over the years, my interest in music deepened, and naturally, the selections widened. As I close in on five decades, summers now seem to fade into the long, cold, dark winter much too quickly, but that's a conversation for a different time. This summer, like all of the other ones, was filled with discovery and revelation, with great experiences and struggles as well. There was also a record this summer. Released in June, a wonderful album of original soulful music, pulpy, potent, and satisfying, a record that, because it simply is what it is, was present, weaving its way into the tapestry of my summer, at home, on the way to work, around the campfire, or even live in concert. 
Not from a band, though, that has already made an impression on the masses around the globe. A band I can only hope will do exactly that with their first full-length album. A band from Michigan's Great Lakes Bay region. The band is the Barbarossa Brothers, and the album is Holy Water. I'm Jeff Scott, and this is Studio Q. Barbarossa Brothers are Lauren Kranz, Ryan Fitzgerald, and Drew Pankowski. I was first introduced to their music three or four years ago at an event where they were playing and I was emceeing. I recall they were billed as Michigan-bred bio-folk rock. I also recall thinking, what exactly is that? Whatever it was, it knocked me off my feet. I was thrilled to witness these three guys lay down one soulful number after another. In the time since, the band has put out an EP, consistently plays gigs all over Michigan, and has joined me in the studio on numerous occasions. When I heard they were planning on putting out a full-length album, I eagerly pre-ordered it and got my copy the day it was released. On this episode of Studio Q, the guys give us the inner groove and talk about the tunes and the record. Holy Water kicks off with a tune called Shoot You Down. Like most of your classic albums, the opener is something that grabs your attention. With plenty of drama and anger, this does not disappoint. It was almost like uh, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. The way the song starts, so you got a little tintiness a little bit. And then, of course, uh, we get the full spectrum of the sound you know, a little bit into the song, and it's like everything lights up in color. I thought it was completely awesome. I love that metaphor. That's, that's I, <laughs> I feel like I heard that somewhere else, too, and that's, that's super cool, you know, just... Yeah, it starts off just uh, resonator guitar and, and Drew's vocal, and it's kind of uh, Andy Reid, you know, our producer, used a, a really cool filter on that, so it just comes through really um, from a really kind of a faraway place almost, yeah, and then just like you said, it hits you, you know. guys like collaborate on everything or does somebody come to the table hey i got this thing and let's check it out and you kind of evolve from there or you know i guess we do it both ways but with that one uh lauren and i were both living in grand rapids and uh living in the same house actually and i had the initial idea and then we started playing it together and kind of evolved from there um but yeah that that was definitely more of a collaboration Put 
beyond just, you know, the lyrics and the song, is there something specific in there? Is there a specific person? You don't have to name any names, but, you know, is there, <laughs> is there a woman involved? Is there? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It just felt like these eight songs came together really well, and and nothing, you know. There's there were three or four other songs of our own, original songs that we could have recorded that that are unrecorded still, you know. But we just felt like these were our were our eight best that had gone unrecorded yet, and and maybe somewhat by coincidence, there's there's definitely a thread. You know that runs through them. If not an, if not an overt theme, mm-hmm. yeah. you know they they work very well together as right. a collection, as an album. Yes. You know, so we just decided to go with it. If joyous singing, dancing, and grooving on a Mardi Gras vibe sound like fun, Masheree New Orleans is perfect. This song takes you to the heart of the party. It oozes happiness and makes for a wonderful number two track. And yeah, like you say, I, I love that that one's number two because uh, we do we do jam it out a little bit more. You know, there's uh, a little bit more extended extended soloing. You know heavier instrumentation than Shoot You Down, which is pretty sparse. I don't know if that was necessarily intentional because we pretty much, we recorded all the tracks and then just kind of put them in an order, you know, from from what felt right. But but that definitely felt like a good number two, you know? And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's a blast to play live. Singing a song that goes Giacomo Fino Can't you hear that street parade? Taking that time on a Mardi Gras day Nighttime stroll down Bourbon Street. It's when you hear somebody say. You guys trade off on lead vocals, and sometimes in the same song. And I think that's really cool because a lot of bands, you know, you don't see that. You have one singer or whatever, and the other guy sing back up. Absolutely. Or maybe another guy sings another song. But I really like the fact that, especially, you know, in that number, you guys, you guys trade off. It's pretty yes, cool. All, all my favorite bands have two or more lead singers: The Grateful Dead, the band, mm-hmm. Almond Brothers, the Beatles. Sure. You know, awesome. bands of yesteryear, I guess. <laughs> I'm, we're bringing it back. Well, <laughs> we're keeping it going. For some of us, I don't know if that ever went away, but uh, <laughs> you know, but right, you, you, your roots are in the right place, man. Right. <laughs> Music sets my fire alight, dropping whiskey on my tongue. Don't think we're gonna sleep tonight. My heart beats in time to the big bass drum. Raise your bandana, wave that flag. Big cheese gonna lead. Well, 
When I listen to the song, I, I almost feel like I could be, you know, listening to the last waltz or something, you know, from the band. It's just wow. an, an amazing number. I mean, I just love it. Very and cool. it, Very sing-alongable, if you will. Sure. I mean, yeah. absolutely. I can't help but to just sing out loud every time I hear the chorus of that song. Um, and it's great. And from what I've seen, too, now over the summer, the, uh, the ladies love it. So. <laughs> 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 well, it's, it's definitely danceable and... Uh... I mean, it's it's pretty much a song about dancing, you know, and about sure. uh, New Orleans and, and the rhythms that kind of uh, inspired the tune, you know. But but yeah, I think in a greater sense, that's one of the things I love about about Holy Water, the record, is that there's so many sing-along choruses and really, yeah, singable moments. I want to dance with you into the stars tonight I want to see your face by the bright moonlight, I wanna make love to you. Baby, I know we'll get this rhythm right. We'll just be lovers, sleeping moms on a Louisiana night, sleeping moms on a Louisiana night. Yeah. Move your hips to the merengue rhythm, shuffle your feet on the floor. If the moves alright, we can stay all night. Kind of an interesting thing to, to look at with the with this record is that a lot of these songs we've been carrying around for a good long time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Mashari Shoot You sure. Down too. We played at our first show almost five years ago. You know, so it's it's definitely evolved and that's been part of the fun too. You know, it, there's like a, there's a piano breakdown towards the end and that totally came from us uh, having Mike Brush sit in. Oh you know, awesome. Mike Brush, great piano player. Yeah. You know, natural for a song like that, and he uh, he sat in with us a couple times on that, and just the piano brings it to life. You know, so absolutely fantastic. So we wanted to have that part present for sure. So we move into Holy Water, the title track of the album, and there's a couple of numbers on this record. Obvious, the obvious uh, gospel influences are there. So you know, when I think of gospel, when I was listening to Holy Water, I'm also a big fan of early soul music, you know, and so which was also a lot of heavy gospel influence into that genre. So you know, when I'm listening to Holy Water, I'm thinking this is something that could have come right out of Stax Records, man. This is just <laughs> just amazing. So. Who, who's bringing the gospel influence here? I, I think we all kind of have it innately. Yeah. Uh, just, it peeks its head out. <laughs> you know? When it's ready, it's ready. Yeah. Right? And, it, yeah. and it comes out. That's something you see, uh, you know, some some bands of our generation doing. You know, like Robert Randolph, the mm-hmm. family band, you know, sure. really brought that to the fore. Uh, in the past decade, uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band, the Wood Brothers, you know, mm. I think they they carry that element uh, pretty strongly as well, you know, and that, yeah, that pretty much just came right from Drew. The the Holy Water, the song itself is uh, is his own. 
So what's what's the inspiration for Holy Water, Drew? Um, I I guess uh, at that time I was still living in Grand Rapids and uh, having a little bit too much fun, I guess, and uh, just kind of uh, jokingly chastising myself okay. for. Uh, for having too much fun. Well, I can certainly empathize. Yeah, that song, <laughs> that one in particular has a has a universal theme, though. That sure. that you know, just about anybody, we've all had a little too much fun yep. at certain times, you know. And that's, I mean, when that water gets inside me, I turn to another page. Like, yeah, what what a what a great way to to frame it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we can all relate to mm-hmm, that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Steve Nyquist sing on Holy Water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That uh, the whole gospel, you know, getting back to that. Uh, when we when we do Holy Water live, there's just kind of like a a little back and forth, a call and response, you know, which is totally the gospel thing between Drew and I. So I was thinking, well, what if we had, what if this is a little more of a of a Drew lead vocal? He makes the call and then everybody responds. Okay. So we were thinking, well, let's bring in a couple. A couple lady singers, a couple ooh vocalists or whatever, you know? And for whatever reason, um, maybe I was listening to uh, Blind Boys of, the, of Alabama record or something. I was like, well, what if we had a couple male vocalists on this, you know, just to give it that uh, that real southern uh, southern gospel feel to it, you know? Matt sings really low and Steve sings really high, so it kind of made sense to have them come in and like flesh out our, our little gospel choir, you know? Next up is Real Emotion. It's here where we hear a more serious mood from the band, a seriousness that shifts gears and escalates until it bubbles over into the chorus and becomes a soulful, melodic experience. This is probably five or six years ago. Even longer. Maybe longer than that. Ryan and I, uh, we, well, I was, I was probably living downstate at the time. You were maybe in Chicago still. We, we met in a practice room at, uh, at SVSU, uh, just kind of getting prepped for, uh, for like a one-off gig that we were going to do and just, you know, kind of seeing if, if anybody had, uh, you know, some, some ideas, song ideas, you know, anything new to bring to the table and, and he had, uh, 
he had a couple parts, uh, you know, pieces of music to kind of put together that that I ended up laying some lyrics that I'd had previously down on, and then that chorus, you know, the the song is a uh, is a bit of a duality because it goes from a, a minor sort of a low place to a very like up energetic major part you know like kind of a bouncy reggae feel you know and that that real emotion the chorus part is something that just it's gonna sound cheesy but I woke up one morning and just had the the melody in my head you know and and went to the piano and, and just kind of worked it out and it was uh, it was very quick in that way you know Luckily, those those two parts, which which came from a couple different couple different sessions, a couple different times, fit together really well, and uh, we've been doing that one ever since. That's another one that that we've carried around most of our five years as a band. You know. I had yeah. never worked with Andy. These That's guys right. had, okay. and uh, you know, obviously has such a great reputation, like both locally and nationally, and uh, he's right here at home. So once we kind of keyed in on that and decided that that's where we were gonna approach to do this. That's a really know. good point. Shockingly, it hadn't really occurred to us to go to Andy. You know, and okay. his his studios. Right in Bay City, you sure. know, local. We knew a lot of the people that were that were working there, but um, I didn't know him well. And uh, from his reputation, I kind of felt like he was more in sort of the pop, power pop, rock and roll kind of genre, you know. Which we we do some of that, but it's not really our uh, not really our forte, you know. And I, I think at the same time that we were kind of putting our stuff together, Michael Robertson was going in to record his record, which turned out, you know, so great. That was uh, last year's record exactly. of the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, and rightly so, because it's, it's awesome. And uh, a couple other people were going in and doing really legitimate, like, Americana-type recordings at, at Andy's place. He makes it so comfortable, okay? He's, he has this great, he's got a great personality, and he's really funny. Okay, so it's always, he's just keeping it light all the time, you know. Uh, he tempers that with incredible ears, you know, and just a mastery of, of the dials, of the, of the screens, you know, everything. He just, he just knows wherever he speaks, you know, in, in so many ways, and he's just, he's just so good at what he does. You know, he does it all the time, so yeah. I guess that's not surprising, but he, he really cares, and um, he really makes you feel like, what you're doing is the most important thing happening, you know, which which makes a big difference.
Next up, we get a healthy dose of bluesy, jazzy southern swamp rock with Ryan's Fat Sack of Bourbon. Beyond cool, man. I wrote that uh, a number of years ago when I was living in Chicago, um, and that was one of those nights of probably too much fun. And uh, uh, yeah, I just was sitting around my computer um, playing a groove, but I was I was a little too inebriated to like do anything fancy. Well, fat sack of bourbon. <laughs> so. So yeah, it started with a groove and I recorded it and it was just this like 30 second file on my computer for a while, um, kind of made it into a couple of parts. Lauren um, then helped me, you know, kind of put a melody to it and, and work out uh, a structure and, and yeah, I'm really happy with how that's, you know, after a while of it being, you know, just something right wasn't anything you know i'm really happy that that's fascinating how that story that's great it was just kind of there and uh you know how it evolved and ended up on the record you know we we get we'd we'd show up it was pretty much just about two weeks of uh, of tracking, you know, not even every day, but three or four days a week. We went in and uh, we'd get the drum sounds where we wanted them, and then we'd do a couple takes of each. We'd do a couple takes of the tune, and by the third or fourth take, we pretty much had it. You know, there's overdubbing of vocals, of strings, of keys, you know, um, solos and whatnot, but those uh, those rhythm tracks just came live from the floor, you mm. know, which is for my money a great way to do it. I've always wanted to do it that way. Yeah, you know, and and the way the way we did it, it wasn't it wasn't like a big deal at all. It was just like, well, yeah, this of course. Why wouldn't you do it this way? You sure. know, awesome. As Drew said, sometimes it peeks its head out. The gospel influence, that is. Here the boys shake off the swamp for some rolling in the aisles fun. It's called I Can Be Kind. Come on knocking, darling. And if I am around, you can treat me like the only man in town. And if I unlock it, and I see you frown, I want you to tell me about the man that let you down. And that's how you feel When you're walking tall But you sleep behind the wheel So come on in And just rest your head That gets us into I Can Be Kind. I remember you guys playing that here live in the studio. It was the only time a band was playing in here with me where I actually just, you know, started yelling out, Woo! <laughs> because it was that good and uh, that inspirational. All I can say right. about that song is it's great, man. So, so tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> uh, um, 
that was something uh, after I moved back to Bay City. It was uh, like that first lead-in lick. I had I don't know was messing around and came up with it and had a verse and uh, that was it. And then we didn't touch it. I think I played it for these guys up in Traverse City when we were playing up there one weekend. And then we didn't really mess around with it at all. And then come the springtime, I had written a couple more verses and uh, come up with the... Uh, we kind of fleshed, uh, fleshed out the different sections. I remember doing that with you guys when we were rehearsing. That song, I think... It took us a while to find the right rhythm, the mm-hmm. right groove. You know, I, it was initially kind of feeling a more of a straight ahead, you know, like a real pocket-heavy thing, and it became much bouncier, okay, and almost like a like a one-drop reggae kind of thing, you know, which then morphs into almost like a second line, which becomes more of like this gospel mm-hmm. rave up towards the end, you know, mm-hmm. and that was it. Just took a while for that to uh, to happen, you know. But I'm, yeah, I'm so pleased. It's hands down my first or second favorite song to play live because mm-hmm. it just goes all over the place and the reaction is, is immediate. Incredibly people, soulful you know? number. Yes, yeah. definitely. And we, and we loved having horns on that one, too. Yeah. Like, that's the only song on the album with horns, and we're very thankful that uh, Mike McCloskey and Jacob Weisenbach could be on that. Yeah. Edit a lot. Yeah. A couple of pretty good horn players there, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Vivid imagery and explosive guitar licks set the stage for anger and drama for a heavy and inspirational tune called My Soul. another one that Lauren and I were working on when we were living down in Grand Rapids and I think we were uh, actually playing in the, on a little patio area that our, uh, our landlord had built in the back garden area and he was playing cajon and I was playing resonator and I had a couple verses actually kind of wrote the song about the same person that uh, shoot you downs about <laughs> so 
uh, I thank her for that inspiration. Um, and I, you know, had three verses, and uh, and Lauren wrote the bridge section actually. Like we were, well, not even three verses, two verses. And then, uh, yeah, he came back with a, a bridge section for it, and it just filled it out. It was yeah. fini. Rain is splashing on the ground. For a moment, you can't tell if it's rising up or falling down. When the sky clears and you can see every single star, you forget about what you're not and focus on who you are. That's another one that was, you know, came together over the course of a couple months. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much the same session or the same, if you want to call it a writing session or whatever, the same day that we were working on Shoot You Down, mm. My Soul, you know, uh, that's the first time I heard it was, was that day. And, and that very day we went up, I had a piano uh, in my room in that house and we worked out the harmony of the chorus, mm -hmm. you know, which is very, it's it's kind of an, an, a really interesting song to me because the, the verse feels so much more driving and powerful and then the uh, the chorus is like like a soft landing almost you know these really pretty harmonies and and uh, just a little more uh, a less in your face I guess Another juicy, full-flavored instrumental wraps up Holy Water. The final number is called Simon in the Bay. Only seven of the songs on Holy Water were recorded at Reed Recording Company. The last track, Simon in the Bay, was recorded um, in Sutton's Bay about five months five, six months before mm. the initial tracking sessions okay. for Holy Water even commenced, you know, mm, and that's yeah. something that we had. We took it to Andy and said, hey, we have this one song that uh, that feels like it goes with this stuff, and it would be a little more of a relief to have eight songs rather than rather than seven, you know, and, and yeah, like you said, it, it really fleshes out the running time just right, so we had him uh, remix it, master it, and got that on there as well you know so it was uh, it was something we we talked about and just it, it just felt right as it was you know that's another song that uh had been kicked around for a good long time yeah uh, maybe the oldest it, probably its history dates furthest back it very I well think, might you know i think the first time we played it uh together was in 2009 and uh, we played it with our, our friends, Matt Berge, who was on drums, and then Eddie Garcia, who was on percussion. And that was the first time we played it. And 
you know, we had been introducing it in sets for a couple years, and uh, it's definitely morphed a little bit. Yes, definitely. Did it even have the the B section when we did that at the time? I don't know if it did. I don't know. I forget. Uh, it's changed. Yeah. Uh, for the better. <laughs> good. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. long long time it kind of made sense to have them come in and like flesh out our, our little gospel choir you know um, so that's we have the two of them and then Jacob and uh, and Mike and that's pretty much the the guests okay. and everything else you hear is is us so the strings on my soul mm-hmm. that's Ryan playing two violin parts and a bass part that he nice. composed nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know lap steel that's all drew you hear keys it's me you know so uh yeah we just made the most of uh what we got tell our audience how people can get their hands on this wonderful record show up at drew's door his address is locally we have it um at electric kitsch in bay city and in midland uh at radio wasteland uh, but you can get it on uh, CD Baby. Yeah, CD Baby, uh, Bandcamp. I really like the Bandcamp organization. So barbarosabrothers.bandcamp.com uh, is, a, is a nice. Kunikai as well, right? Yeah, if you go to kunikai.com, you can actually get the record shipped to you. Okay, Kunikai is a, is a really cool company. They sort of defer the cost of, of uh, making uh, CDs and, and making records by sort of simplifying it a little bit and that's what we ended up we ended up going with them this uh, this time around but but if you want the physical copy that's the way to go but i'd say if you can make it to a show just come out and and meet us get your record signed you know let's let's chat about it tell mm-hmm. me what's your favorite song you know why do you love it like what <laughs> let's let's talk about it a little bit and people know? can keep up with the barbarossa brothers on facebook then mm-hmm. facebook's facebook probably page? the best way that's that's the most updated okay and we've got a slew of shows this fall locally and abroad all around the state so okay awesome It's a true pleasure to once again come across an absolutely fantastic work of music from artists right here in the Great Lakes Bay region. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and will support this independent, hardworking band by purchasing a copy of Holy Water, a tiny investment that has paid me back over and over. I'm Jeff Scott. This is Studio Q. Thank you for listening. <laughs>